what's up? Everybody, we're back again. It's me, Jean-Luc Welch, for another edition of the Welch Report. Yes, we have two episodes in the span of a week. I told y'all we're going to get some consistency. It may be inconsistent consistency, but doggone it, we're going to have some consistency on, on this show and trying to do my best to keep up and live up to my word. So, but as we continue with this episode, you have to understand that last, uh, what was it, Friday? Friday, not Friday, Thursday's game. Thursday's game was an utter shock to the system for the entire NBA world. And I'm going to tell you why. Understand this. When I predicted my, um, well, prediction for the series, I said that the Celtics were going to win, not win, Celtics were going to lose, excuse me, in six games. And I would not be surprised if they actually lost in five. Reason being, it's because of the fact that they would not be able to handle going in for the kill when it really matters, unlike with the Golden State Warriors. However, my goodness, last night we saw something different. I saw something I've never seen from the Boston Celtics before. I saw grit. I saw grit. And it, again, people, y'all, you may be looking at your screen, at your home, in your house. Oh, by the way, before we start this, please leave a like, leave a comment. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, whatever the word I got to say, let's have a conversation. Let's get some fans in here and let's build ourselves and our own community so we can truly discuss the ins and outs of all sports. And, and again, please share this with anybody that you know, everybody that you know. Listen, wherever you are. Play it, blare it out, outside of your car. Make it so that the, 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 the chassis shakes. Whenever I speak, yeah, it may, may cost you a couple thousand dollars to replace the speakers, but hey, it's worth it when you listen to quality content such as this show, The Welch Report. <laughs> but shameless plug aside, when it comes to um, the Boston Celtics, they did something I did not think they were going to be able to do this series, which was legitimately go in for the kill and fight. When it was necessary. Too many times, like I said in the past, I've seen Boston slump when it comes time for, for them to handle their business. Too many times. Like I said, LeBron in Cleveland, when he had nobody. And the, and, and the organization, they were out and out better. Boom, couldn't get it done. Now, however, this was a, this was a, a, a utter shock. Here's the stats right now for those of you who didn't keep up with um, the, the, the point-by-point basis of the game. First quarter, Golden State outscores in 32-28. Second quarter, Boston comes back strong. 28-22 outscores uh, Golden State in the, in the second quarter. Halftime comes and goes. Now we're in the situation where, okay, Golden State's going to come back. We're expecting to run. Oh, this is it. Oh, oh, can they? Are they going to be able to, to continually do what we know Golden State can do, which I said they can do? And sure enough, they delivered. 38 to 24, Golden State outscored Boston. And I was thinking, oh, okay, this is it. This is it's, it's done. Boston, every, like I said, everything that you faced in Miami, this isn't the same with Golden State. You can't do that. You can't have those same lapses. And so I thought this was a done deal. Clap it up. 
and send them home. Fourth quarter is going to be a wash. And then the unexpected happened. We go into the fourth quarter, and to my utter surprise, Al Warford, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, everybody gets hot from three. The one thing that I said, and that many other people around the country said, when it comes to watching Golden State versus Boston, you can't beat them at their own game. You can't outshoot them. That was the conception coming into the series. And again, understandably so, because it's Golden State. However, when we, in the fourth quarter, my goodness, again, I'll read out this last uh, scoring output in the fourth quarter. 40-16 to 16 in favor of Boston. And then winning the game, 120-108. to 108. It was, my goodness, what changed? That's the question that comes into play. What the world changed between, the, 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 the again, the third quarter flurry that Golden State was able to bring up and... The fourth quarter. What the world happened? Especially with Steph Curry averaging, well, not averaging, excuse me, having 20-something in the first quarter, ending the game with 32 points, I believe, by the time it was all said and done. And the 34 points, excuse me. My apologies. Seven threes. It seems like, okay, this this is it. This, this, this offense is just going to route them. Andrew Wiggins was coming up big. Clay Thompson had an underwhelming game, but still, 6 for 14, 50%, 15 points. What happened? I will tell you what happened. It wasn't just the hot shooting that got them back into and inevitably uh, got them to win in game one. It was the fact that Boston finally did something that I've been waiting on them to do ever since they came into young talent. Ever since they got Jason Tatum, Jaden Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, the old crew. Ever since they got these, these band of people together that you think, oh, this is it in terms of they got the squad to win it. The one thing that he could not do, not just kill when it's time to kill, but by goodness, it was turn up the intensity. They were not able to do that consistently when they got their backs thrown to the wall they weren't able to turn it up they weren't in the games that really mattered they weren't they were were not able to, to hit that gear to take them over the edge as a team collectively they just weren't able to do it however the one thing that I was hoping that happened after the Miami series finally happened finally happened finally happened which was the Celtics found that extra switch they found their seventh gear the one thing that every championship team is able to have is their ability to find a seventh gear anybody who knows cars you know it's supercars rather if you're in street racing supercars are the ones that that need to win the races Again, modded out, whatever you want to call them, all that stuff. And then that ability to once they hit that seventh gear, boom, take off and run. That's what it takes to be an NBA champion. The ability to garner and gain a seventh gear. And when it's time to turn it on and use it, 
you use it and you don't get and you don't flatline afterwards. No, instead you get re-energized. And by the end of the game, yeah, you might be tired, but doggone it, you, you, you elevated your game of play. You elevated your ability to play. And that was the thing that the Celtics had not garnered against every other opponent when it came to trying to get to the NBA Finals. It wasn't just the fact they couldn't kill when it was time to kill. It was the fact they were not able to reach and hit that next gear, that last gear, rather, when it comes time. Whether they, when they were up or when their backs are against the wall. And this time they did it. They did it. Miami Heat changed the Boston Celtics, in my opinion. They changed them. Because, again, there was a, there was, they had a, the wired thing that ESPN always does whenever they're in the huddle of the um, various teams for whatever game, especially in the NBA Finals. And one thing that Marcus Smart in the huddle said that made me say, oh, this is a different team now. Everything I said and predicted may be thrown out the window because of this one statement. He said that this is not Miami. We cannot make the same mistakes and be lax like we were against the Miami Heat. And sure enough, what happened? Second quarter comes around. Yeah, the Warriors hit the run, but then all of a sudden you see, you see a different, different look. You see, you see a different intensity late into the, 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 the third quarter and going into the fourth. All of a sudden, you see your Marcus Smart getting more physical. Robert Warriors, instead of playing back on screen, it's coming up. Forcing them to take the inside uh, shots. For people like Kevin Looney and Draymond Green, who also had a terrible game. My goodness, I'm going to talk about Draymond Green later on in the show. But, again, they adapted. They got the intensity. They took what the Miami Heat brought against them and applied that to their own scheme now. To their own identity. Now they're not just a team with talent. They're a team with talent and grit. Real grit. Heart. And he showed it. My goodness, everybody started 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 deflecting passes. People started deflecting passes. Curry's handle started getting lax. He wasn't finding the space anymore. Clay Thompson was losing the ball in the post. They were getting bumped and, and, and pushed and, and 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 prodded. All of a sudden, wherever they went, there was a body there. They did. Exactly what you need to do if you want to beat Golden State. And that is, you got to play physical. You have to. It's no more of this mess. Well, yeah, we just got size. Use it. And they did it. And they, and they adapted. Robert Williams is a great defender in the paint. On the perimeter, though, no. He's not. Immediately, Al Horford recognized that and started covering Steph and Clay or whatever perimeter guy that Robert Williams would have covered. And he switched instantly. And you saw it. All of a sudden, the man that I'm thinking is way past his prime is it's, it's being the, the, the firecracker for this entire squad on both ends of the floor. This man looked like the Hawks. Al Horford looked like he was back on the Hawks when they were... They had the what the best record in the East, four All Stars on the team, young athletic shooting, 
energized. Again, I've never said Al Horford is 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 a bad player. I've always said he's a good player. At once was great, now good. But my goodness, he turned back the clock. He turned back the clock, and that same energy got into everybody else in the organization. Got into everybody else in the organization. It was it was it was amazing to see. It was amazing to see. Now, the question is, are they going to keep that same intensity? What is going to take, what it is going to take for the Celtics to be able to actually get this championship? They are going to need to legitimately play as physical of a brand of basketball as they've, as they've ever had to. I'm not talking bad boys level of just, just hacking, slashing, knocking jokers out. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you got to be willing to do exactly what Jalen Brown did on the offensive end and do what Al Warford was willing to do on the defensive end, which was use your size and punish them. Go to say collectively is a good defensive team. Yes. Again, they showed it in quarters two and three. Excuse me, not quarters two and three. In, in, in the third quarter. When they started pulling away. But what you can do to combat that is why they're a great uh, a collective defensive group. Individually, however, that's where the problems lie. That's where the problems lie. Now, if you got somebody like Jordan Poole, who we saw was absolutely horrendous, when it comes to defense, one-on-one, take advantage of that. I understand that they got hot from three and you just stick with the hot hand or stick with the hot scheme. Phenomenal. Completely understandable. Not going against trying to shoot against the Warriors if you have it that night. On average, no. But if you get hot, and you got confidence, especially if you're the best defensive team in the league, hey, if it works, I ain't got nothing to say. If it doesn't work, I understand why you took the chance. But in terms of what it's going to take for them to win, it's going to take them to be able to say, when I got a mismatch on me, I'm going directly at them. Especially if it's Jordan Poole, Steph. Shoot, I'll say Clay now. Clay isn't the defender that he used to be. Back in the day, I say, nah. You gotta, you, you can't with 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 Clay. He's, he was an elite defender. Now he's a good defender. A good defender is great when you're going up against good talent. But a good defender against great offensive talent, absolutely not. And I know what people are going to say now. Oh, well, Jalen uh, Brown was the one that really that really did it for him. Jason Tatum shrunk. Jason Tatum wasn't able to come up. Jason Tatum wasn't what he needed to be. Yes, he was. Absolutely he was. I get that the ball was not falling. Three for 17. Horrendous. Tons of shooting. One for five from three. I get that. I get that. But I only had 12 points in the game. Yes, that's true. However... With that being said, he still did what only elite 
players are able to do, which is still use your the threat of yourself to help accommodate the greater good of the team. Like with Stephen, him using his off-ball abilities to make it so that everybody else on defense has to always keep an eye out on him, even if he's off that night, still opening up ways for his other teammates to score just by his presence alone and knowing how to use his presence. That's what Jason Tatum did tonight. While it wasn't off-ball, it was through when they came to help or double, finding the open man. He had 13 assists with two turnovers. That's incredible. Especially for a man that I've never said is a passer. But this is what it's going to take for the Celtics to be able to win. Turn into what Golden State has become as an organization, which is a team of, which is a team made of water. It's the best way I can put it. A team made of water. What does that mean? That means that when you play, Everything has the ability, and everyone has the ability, rather, excuse me, not everything, everyone has the ability to take on whatever role is necessary and not force any issue. Instead, let themselves flow into another avenue that's allowing their offense to work. That's what they needed to do. That's what they, 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 that's what they should have done years ago. That's what they need to do. That's what they have to do against this Golden State team. And they did it that night. They did it tonight. Or, or, or excuse me. They did it on Thursday. They, they stole game one on Thursday. Now, do I think this is going to happen next game? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can I guarantee you, Clay isn't having 15. I'm sorry. As 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 great of a defense that the Celtics are, Clay's not having fifteen. He's not. And I'm sorry, but if they let Steph get another twenty something in the first half, first quarter, whatever that incredible scoring run that he had on again. Oh no, they're losing game two. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're losing game two. No question in my mind. Because again, like Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart said this himself, you can't do what you did against Miami against Golden State. You can't, and what they can't do, they can't let Steph Curry have 30 plus every game. Because the one, the only thing that was keeping the Heat from making it to the finals was Bam out of Bio having 20 every night. That was it. That was it. Bam out of Bio has had a horrendous season. Not every season. Excuse me. In a horrendous series against Boston. Only had one or two notable games. You can't do that against Golden State. Again, I'm reiterating because it's true. If Steph's having 34. 20-something in the first half, first quarter, uh, whatever that incredible scoring run was. It's not just him. That's the thing. It's not just him. 
Everybody else on this team can have 20. Everybody else. They got multiple dominant scores. And you can't just say, oh, we'll just stop everybody. Seth's going to get his. We'll just stop everybody. You can't do that against this team. Because there's no one. There is a vocal point, but there is no vocal point when it comes to Warriors offense. They'll feed anybody. They'll turn anybody into a number one option. They'll turn Jordan Poole into a number one option if he's high. They'll turn Clay into a number one option if he's high. Wiggins. I've had my gripes about Wiggins for years. Years. About him. I've said he's the way he did. I've said he, he was one of the worst all-stars I've ever seen get selected. This season, especially. I'm sorry. This is just a fact. But in spite of that, he's evolved his game to be a respectable player. And some people even say good. Am I going to say good? Yeah. I'll say this season, he's good. Throughout his career, says otherwise, underperforming, he's above average. He's above average. If he carries the same level of production next year, hey, I'll say he's good. When I'll say he's above average. He's gotten smarter. Can he sustain this into next season? But again, above average right now. Even with that being said, he can give you 20. Shoot, he can give you 30 if he's on, on. If he's having the game of his life. And on this Warriors team, it's absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible that that can happen. They've got to find a way to make it so that Steph isn't having these breakout games. Because I'm sorry. But that shooting streak that the Celtics had, that's not happening again, most likely. It's not. Derek White making a three with Steph right in his face. As in, he pump faked. Steph got there. He didn't shoot it. And Steph held his hands up. He had no space to move, and he just chucked it, and it went in. That type of shooting streak is not something that Boston's going to be able to attain again. Most likely, most likely, you're playing a dangerous game. He shot 51% from three, the Boston Celtics, while the Warriors shot 42%. I'm sorry. I know that they were hot. I know that they're good. But you're playing with fire when you're playing that game against the Warriors. You're playing with it. You're playing with it. You are. Again, this whole, this whole series is going to be about adaptability. Can you find multiple ways to win a game? Can you do that? Jason Tatum has to, as great as he was this game, in terms of being uh, uh, adapting his ability to affect the game. I applaud him for that. I, uh, You know what? I applaud him for that. I applaud, yes, the sound effect. Yes, we are still using it. Oh, it's phenomenal. I love him. But I applaud that. Absolutely, I applaud that ability. But when it comes down to it, you've got to have minimum 25. Minimum. 
Minimum, you got to have 25 points as the number one option if you want a shot at taking this title. Because anomalies happen in series. Yes, they do. We know they do. We know they do. Everybody remembers the dreaded Rocket series. Yes, every time there was a shot and a clank off the backboard. Ooh. Ah. Duck and cover. Everybody find shelter. Anomalies happen. Anomalies absolutely happen. We get that. The game of basketball is unpredictable. Understandable. Everybody knows it's understandable. But when it comes down to the 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 what the series is actually going to be about, it's not about anomalies. It's about consistency. Can you consistently bring about that same level of production every night? Because when an anomaly happens, that only helps the team that stays consistent. Because think about it this way. Normally in a series, when a big uh, 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 spur of, 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 a, of an action happens, See if I get my words together. If an anomaly happens in basketball, in a seven-game series, in the finals, oftentimes, it's a team that stays consistent that, that, that helps because of the fact that that anomaly normally is on their side. Or if it's against the consistent team and the other team is, ha- is the one that's experiencing the anomaly in their favor. That means that that team then may go out and say, oh, shoot, we got a new wrinkle to our game. Now we're going to focus on that instead of what got us here. That's not a depth thing. That's just completely turning something on his head. We need to make sure to make, we need to, the Lord knows we need to make sure to keep Boston accountable that they don't, after this shooting spree, they don't go asunder and say, oh, well, five out, three passes and shooting threes every time. Pick and roll, shoot three. I don't care if you got a mismatch, shoot a three. They don't need to do that. Again, you're trying to sprint with the sprinter. That's one Olympic goal, like we said in the last video. You're not likely to beat them twice in a row the same way. You're not. So now that's what the Celtics need to be cognizant of when they get ready for game two tomorrow is the fact that they are not a team that can outshoot Golden State. They are a team that can cause havoc and turnovers with their energy and effort when they hit that seventh gear. As we saw, are they going to, are they going to play outside of themselves? That's where the game really gets interesting. Now you've experienced success. Now, how are you going to incorporate that into your offensive identity? Are you going to make that change everything that you do? Are you going to incorporate it in a way that is still effective without getting away from your strengths, which is size, post-play, ball movement, and isolation? That's what it's going to come down to. The subjects are at their best when they draw a double and kick it out. However, are they going to keep with that same mentality or 
are they going to instead change up everything and try to over apply the thing that worked? And you don't want to do that with a player like Marcus Smart on the team. My goodness, I'm sorry. You don't. Because Marcus Smart, four, look, four for seven from three. That's not a common thing for him. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not. <laughs> when I've watched him play, that's not something that I want to see him do on a on a on a game by game basis. Because that's not how he plays. It's not what he's good at. He's a thir- he's shooting thirty four percent from three. It's not horrendous. Well, actually, it ain't what you want. For the career, he shot 32%. People say, oh, you stepped your game up in the playoffs. He has shot 1% better from three in the postseason than in the regular season this year. That's it. That's it. That's not how you want to make it. Make, make, that's not how you want to win if you're the Boston Celtics. It's not. You overcompensate. Not saying just abandon the three entirely. No. I'm saying whatever they try to do, make sure you do it with credence. Don't go over the top in adapting your offensive game plan because you had a incredible fourth quarter that was nobody saw coming. Nobody saw that coming. But I'll tell you one thing. Golden State got punched in the mouth. Golden State got punched in the They got punched in the mouth. And now, if you're going to hit somebody, be ready to get hit back. And we're going to have to see if, go, if the Celtics can handle what's getting ready to come at, back at them. You wanted to, I'm expecting an offensive onslaught from everybody, top to bottom. From Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Steph, everybody. There's about to be some furniture moving when it comes to what Golden State's going to try to do when they come out in game two on Sunday. They are going to, you want to talk about people on a mission. They're on a mission. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. My good, I'm scared. If I was... If I was Boston Celtics, I would be very anxious come tomorrow. It'd be hard for me to sleep tonight. Because come tomorrow, after they got booted, I mean, they got popped by this Boston Celtics, they gonna, they, they're not going to take this line down. They're not. You know this. And you thought Steph had a great game in game one. Just wait till all of a sudden Clay Thompson turns up the heat. Just wait. Just wait until they start playing people like Kaminga. Hopefully. I love Kaminga. I would love him to get for him to get some minutes. More minutes, excuse me. In this final series. Yes, he's inexperienced, but that energy that he brings is phenomenal. But the whole team has the ability to all of a sudden switch to their seventh gear. And when they do that, now you're talking about a different animal. 
They've learned how to optimize their seventh gear when it comes to Golden State. The Celtics just learned how to get to seventh gear. Now you're dealing with... You know what this is? This is like when... This is like when you get a boxer who... That you no, know, it's one ten games. Uh, excuse me, not ten games. One ten fights in a row, and slowly but surely, as has gained newfound skills and talents, jab, hook, uppercut, whatever the word you want to say, stepping, slipping, all this countering. But then all of a sudden, now they get to a championship match for a title, and they're going to get somebody who. They've been there before, and the skill that you just got in your last win that now you're trying to implement consistently, I've already mastered, and I'm coming. That's what Golden State is getting ready to do. You're going up against a multi-time champion who's already mastered the talent of the seventh gear. They've already learned how to get everything when they shift into that next gear, get everything out of their team. Everything. Boston just learned how to get there. They don't even know how to use their seventh gear to the best of its ability. They just know we got it. I don't even think the Warriors knew that they had a gear like that. They knew they were good. They didn't know they had a gear like that. So they can, when they step up, they step up. But no, Golden State, when they hit theirs, mm, nah, it's a different animal. It's a completely different animal. Completely different animal. Celtics are not ready for that. As of right now. Now, when it comes, and they, instead of going from being real and to say, okay, we're still in the fight. Now, we're looking at something different. Mind you, this is not the best offensive performance we've seen from Golden State. It's not. You know it's not. I know it's not. Even with steps 34, we know it's not. When everything is clicking for this team, they, they've gotten so good, they can be in gear six and blow out people who get in gear seven. That's how good Golden State is collectively. As a team. As a team. That's what they can do. However, now when they hit gear seven, Oh, we're looking at we're looking at a monster that has been rivaled by that has been rivaled by few teams in NBA history, very few. And so now we're gonna have to wait and see what Boston can how, how they can react. Boston, you took their best Gear Six and came back. Applause again, again, applause absolutely. Clap up for the Boston Celtics, yes. But now you're dealing with a, a, a now game two. You've got to settle in and get ready for a level of offensive intensity that I don't think you've experienced yet in these playoffs. I don't think you have. I don't think you have. Everybody talks about game six, Clay. I think game six, Clay's going to come. Game six, Clay is going to come out in game two and forward. I think that's going to happen. He's not going to have 15 and only make three threes in the game. That's not happening. That's not. That's not. Once he hits his stride, 
you're talking about one of the most complete offenses this game of basketball has ever seen. And I don't think Boston has the ability to counteract that when they're at their best and everybody's clicking. They did it again, gear six with Golden State. They were able to come back and say, hey, we're good. And we can we 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 found a new layer to ourselves. We found that gear seven that was hidden against the elite of the elite. We found it and we we got it. But now Golden State, when they shift to their gear seven, what you gonna do? What are you going to do? And that's gonna be a thing we gotta wait and see. Be perfectly honest. We gotta wait and see for that. And Lord knows I can't wait. My goodness. I can't wait for that. So, this has been the Welch Report. I've been your host, Jean-Luc Welch. Let's clap it. Let's clap it up for another phenomenal show that we've had. Again, consistency. We're getting it. We're getting it. We love it. We got to keep this same energy. You're going to get this energy every single day, every single show when when this goes up on YouTube. Please, like, share, comment. Post this wherever you go. Play it in your car. Give it to your friends. Give it to people that don't care about sports. We need to make this community grow. And we can with the help of you and everybody that loves, truly loves, talking, dissecting, and getting the most out of the sports world. So, I've been your Jean-Luc Welch. Be safe. Peace and love. We out. Can't wait for the next episode.